Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to last chat, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeedy, it is Friday. <laughs> yes, y'all. Welcome y'all to last chat, honey. We'd be so happy that it's Friday. We don't know what to do with ourselves. I know, right, Leash? And it goes so quick, but we just wish for it nonetheless. <laughs> Absolutely. We want to welcome you guys to another great show. On today, we are talking that talk with two fabulous guests. Our topic today is not secured. You know, mm. yes, so we're going to talk that talk about that because we're going to take it a little different, you know, because um, you got to be able to be secure. Mm-hmm. Within yourself, right? Um, but as an author, you have to have confidence and be secure in that to be able to um, move around in an industry that's so big. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's an author born every day. Somebody is publishing a book every day. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many different authors out there, different books dropping every day that you have to be secure in yourself and your ability to um, mix and mingle with people. Mm-hmm. That's true. But when you are I not like that. Secure, mm-hmm. But when you are not secure, then it's hard for you to do certain things that's required to push your brand and push your book. Um, you know, a lot of people want to be invested in, but they don't want to invest in themselves. No slash. Mm-hmm. If you are not willing to invest in yourself, do not expect anybody else to invest in you. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and that you comes don't believe from in not yourself. being secure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that comes from not being secure. You're not secure in 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 your role as an author. You're secure in the writing part. But it's uh, mm-hmm. being an author is more than just writing. Securing that they are secure in going and stepping outside of the box, meet going into Walmart and selling a book. You know, you still got people that go to events and they want to mm-hmm. ask, um, "How many books should I bring?" She can't nobody tell me tell you how many books to bring. What's your grind? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What mm-hmm. is your grind like? Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, they're not secure enough in their grind to be able to move like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you got to believe in your movement as well. 
you know, you know, you know your hustle, and if you don't have a hustle, it is time to grow one because without that hustle, that backbone, then you're going to be stagnant in whatever it is that you're trying to promote yourself in. It's a whole process, I think. It is. It is. And like you said, there's an author born every day, but that author has to learn. That author has to learn the business. You got to do your research. Research what it is to be an author, what it takes to be an author, what it takes to continue to be an author. And not just an author, do you want to be a writer or do you want to be an author? Because there's different access to each one. So decide which one you, which way you want to go. Because Based on our show just last night, an author has so many directions, so many avenues to choose from these days. Which one do you want to be on the road to? Well, the only difference between the author and the writer is one is published and one is not. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But once you publish that book, you have become a business. You have become a brand. You you are pushing out products. So you you can't be timid in the steps that you make. You absolutely cannot be timid in any steps that you make uh, once you put that book out because once you publish it, the idea of publishing is that you are reciprocating. You're recouping something back. So, therefore, you have to be able to not only sell yourself but sell your book at the same time. Mm-hmm. You are your walking business card. Absolutely. Now we have a um, we have a um, little snippet from Mike and Molly that we like to use on the show. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna play it today. Okay. Um, so it's from the episode that talk about it talks about selling yourself, and so I'll set it up in the episode. Molly. Um, had just got her book deal, and so that they were all excited. You know, the publisher had called her phenomenon, so she's like, "Yes, I'm a phenomenon. I'm woo. I'm everything, right?" Because she's all excited. Mm-hmm. Her family is excited because they like, "Ooh, an author!" Not knowing that there's multiple levels to being an author, but everybody's just excited, right? Mm-hmm. And so then there was this episode that uh, with her inside the publisher's office. So we're gonna play that episode. And then well that short skit um snippet that we have and then we're gonna be right back and we're gonna talk about it. Okay. This book that sits before me is the physical manifestation of all your hard work, the fruits of your labor, the vessel in which you've laid bare your soul, exposing it like a freshly waxed orifice. Bring it to your bosom. Oh, and look at me in that brown sweater. <laughs> I find it, but I really am an autumn. I want you to enjoy this moment. The crowning achievement for every writer. I will. I, I have dreamt of this day. Good. Now wake up. <laughs> you're not a writer anymore. From now on, you're a salesman, a carnival barker, and that book is your bearded lady, your dog-faced boy. You can join twins. <laughs> I gotta sell the book. Now forget about the book. You gotta sell yourself. Okay, cut it out. You must brand yourself like Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, that chicken soup for the soul guy. Uh, okay, I gotta just stop throwing it. We'll start the media push with radio. Oh, radio. <laughs> this might wanna be on TV. That doesn't get on TV until this goes viral. Blogs, podcasts, social media. This needs to spread faster than gonorrhea in a Dutch prison. (laughs) Guess he's got jaywalking in Amsterdam. (laughs) But what about that launch party? You just tell me when and where and I'll throw in something brown. (laughs) Love to have a grand launch party for you. Unfortunately, the golden age of publishing is long gone. Oh, I miss the glamour, the money, the cocaine. Mostly the cocaine. You know, I snorted Sweet and Low once. It mostly just stung, but I got into that sorority. 
that's not to say that we're not going to celebrate. It'll just be a little less showy. Oh. <laughs> but Claude. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Unless you have some cocaine. <laughs>
all of that is all part of the eye candy that draws the reader in. Mm-hmm. That's so it's, true. it's just it's things that you know you got to do to be able to handle that. And then you know I, I always advise people watch seasoned authors, authors that's been doing it for a minute, authors that go to a book event um, and they sell in those books. Watch what they do. Watch how they move around. Watch how they interact. Interaction is key. You have people mm-hmm. that don't drop one link. Their advertisement is Facebook. That's why sometimes social media is confusing because people don't understand how it is that, you know, one person is just it's just social media. It's not. They do other stuff. But most of the time, authors have a group. They have their own mm-hmm. personal group that they have readers in. Mm-hmm. And they're interacting inside of those groups with those readers. And those readers become, again, free promotion. They go out. They talk about your book. They talk about you. They talk about your content. And they come back with other readers. And you entertain and interact with those readers. And it just keeps going. It's just a cycle. But, again, mm-hmm. you've got to be willing. You're not willing to invest in yourself. You can't expect someone else to invest in you. You know, it's it's a necessity as an author. You have to be able to move around. You have to have that confidence. You have to interact, you know. And so we get excited. That's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat. You know, we love what we do. We love to allow readers and authors to interact. That's what we love. Mm-hmm. Because I think we do. Look reading as like walking into 31 Flavors. Mm-hmm. You know how you walk in 31 Flavors and Cold Stones, and you be like, ooh, now you ain't even tasted it. But you looked at the name and you looked at the, the flavor, you looked at the ice cream. That's all you did before you said, let me taste that. You see what I'm saying? First of all, the name got you because you're like, ooh, that sounds good. Your mouth watering just by the name. You're like, ooh, that's, that's true. good. You like, then you look at it, you're like, that's it right there? Ooh, that looks like it's good. Right? Exactly. And you like, let me taste that. Then they give you that little bitty baby. That ain't even a baby spoon. They give you that little bitty pinky spoon, big in the bottom uh-huh. of your pinky, and just put a little bit on the tip. And they like, here you go. That's your synopsis right there. You know what I'm saying? That's the, the synopsis. Here you go. Uh-huh. And then they like, you taste it. You like, ooh, that's good. Let me taste this one over here. Ooh, this one over here sounds good. That's all the reason it. That's what books are. Books is like talking right. into ice cream parlor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's that 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 uh, creativity coming out. I want to know what's between those pages mm-hmm. because that title, yeah, that that cover, that cover has caught my eye, yep. and I want more. <laughs> and your personality draws them in. Exactly. Okay, we off our soapbox. <laughs> Yeah, we have our soapbox. We get on our soapbox sometimes. But, you know, we just want to talk a little bit about it because you have to be secure in your brand. You have to be secure in your craft. That's right. So right. Well, I'm going to be interested in how our guests are secure in their craft and what they do to maintain that security Absolutely. We got our first fabulous guest. Now, we had her on before. Um, Mm -hmm. We had her on before. She had a a book called Sadie's Song. And when she came on, we talked about her book. She's a reader as well. Um, And she's in a book club. And she's the one that got me into um, historical fiction romance. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. Like, again, they're going to play with you. don't know what you like until somebody introduced you to it. So I didn't know what I liked. You know, I didn't know I was going to like, uh, 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 I didn't. And so she was telling us about the Douglas women. Mm-hmm. And the way, see, this is how readers spread. This is how word of mouth works. When somebody reads something and they have that excitement, that excites somebody else. She was explaining the book to us. I was like, well, let me read this thing. Let me get Thing right here. Man, let me tell y'all, I read that book 
had the game. I gave Frederick Douglass about five side eyes. I was like, mm, Mr. Abolitionist. <laughs> but that's what readers do. That's what we do. That's how we eat our head. That's really how your book gets around. <laughs> and so that's we, how it gets laid. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how it gets his legs. So we got our fabulous self up here. She's so fabulous. Hello, Miss Brown. How are you? Well, I'm just fine. How are you? We are good. We are good, Miss Brown. Welcome to the chat room. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very welcome. Now you gotta you gotta let us know what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen since the last time you were in the chat room. <laughs> okay, well, the last time, as you uh, indicated, we talked about Miss Sadie's song. And really, Miss Sadie's song was my second novel. My first was Village Vengeance. And since mm-hmm. we last talked, I have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, done a second edition of Village Vengeance. It is um, basically the same story, but my feeling is that it's new and improved. Um, mm. It is um, a mystery. Miss Sadie's song was a historical romance, but Village Vengeance is a mystery, and it's based on actual events. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so what what is it about you that made it new and improved? Did you go back and tweak it? Um, did you go back and, and have your growth show through the pages? Okay. Well, uh, to be totally honest, when I released Village Vengeance the first time, I really didn't know exactly what I was doing. So I mm-hmm. wasn't satisfied with the product. I was satisfied with the story, but, you know, there were some errors and some other things that were going on with it. And I just really wanted to um, to make sure that I got those things corrected. So this time I think that it's a much better product. Let me give you mm-hmm. just a little bit of information about how Village Vengeance came about. Would you – is that okay? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, this is how it came about. I I wrote um, a short story about some things that happened in my life when I was um, a young girl, when I uh, – first graduated from high school, and I shared that information with some friends of mine, uh, and at that time I didn't know that they were about to uh, begin, um, well, what what I want to say, they were going to do some some movies, some films, and they asked me Mm -hmm. if they could uh, make a movie out of Village Vengeance, And, and we did. And, of course, when it premiered, there were people who asked me about the book. And there was no book. It was just a short story. So from that short story, I uh, developed the novel and um, and released it right after, well, a little while after the movie had uh, come out. And um, mm-hmm. people seem to enjoy it. They seem to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what, what, what actually made you want to write the short story? What was going on? Uh, in your world that made you want to write the short story? Okay, I think I I decided, well, I had written some information. I had written a sh- another short story. And from that, you know, the wheels just started to turn. And this was a... Um, these incidents that occurred uh, right after my high school graduation were things that had stayed in my, my mind for a long time because they were pretty traumatic. So I decided mm-hmm. that um, it might be healing for me to write that information down. And when I mm-hmm. did, and I shared it with one or two people, you know, they seemed to be impressed with it, so I began to, to share it with more with more people. But initially, it was, it was just for me, for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, um, it's taken on life of its own. Mm-hmm. And how much healing did it do for you? I'm sorry, we should introduce oh. ourselves because we've been told we sound so much alike. This is Tony. But how much healing did it did it do for you? Well, um, well, let me see. I think I think uh, it was what I needed. That's what I can say. I think it was exactly mm-hmm. what I needed because uh, some of the incidents, uh, you know, I had been carrying for a little while, and and I was able to just kind of let it go. Um, and then mm-hmm. there were some other things that that I had been that I had carried for 
for pretty much the same length of time, things that I hadn't talked to anybody about. Um, mm-hmm. And it gave me that it gave me that outlet. It gave me an outlet to to express uh, what the situations were like and and how I experienced it. And um, and that's what I needed to do because, as I said, in all those years, I had never talked to anybody about some of the things that I have uh, divulged in that book. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds like it was very therapeutic. And you know, sometimes you may think you're alone going through something when there's so many more that need to hear that word and and have and have an outlet to express themselves as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, you know, I don't want to I don't want to give anything away, but um, mm-hmm. you know, one thing in particular is that there was an incident where um, I found myself in a situation with a man that was. Um, um, possibly dangerous. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I can about about that is that it was therapeutic for me, and it came probably at a really good time because you know, uh, just several months ago, when when women started to come forth with Bill Cosby and all of those things, I have been you know able to really uh, express myself so far as. Other women are concerned, you know, when women started to say, well, you know, it doesn't make sense that they waited 20 years or 25 years. Well, to me, it makes perfect sense. It it Mm makes, you know, so, yeah. So you're right. So it it gave me not only an opportunity to experience some healing for myself, but it put me in a position where I could really um, be helpful to other people. And, you know, mm-hmm. and make sure that they understood that what they were feeling and what they were thinking and what they did is what happens under those kinds of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm. That sounds deep. What do you think? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It sounds deep. <laughs> now, I want to go yeah. back because you mentioned that it's the second edition. Um, uh-huh. When you sat down to write the first edition, how did I know that it was a short story, but how did Sadie's song come along? Ah, okay. Okay. Well, that that's interesting because as I said, when I when I did Village Vengeance, um, in that book there was a character named Aunt Sadie. And as I began to uh, travel and go to um, with book clubs, and sometimes I, I was able to speak at different library functions and so forth. And every time I um, was before people, somebody wanted to know what happened to Aunt Sadie because she was a minor character in Village Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I expounded on on that character, and I wrote Miss Sadie's song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Miss I Sadie already like Miss Sadie. <laughs> yeah, Miss Sadie came from from Village Vengeance. She okay. was. So, um, how was the writing process for you when you when you had to one take the short uh, story that you had written and expand it into a novel, and then turn around and expand on a character and do a spinoff? How was that process for you? Well, let me see. I don't know how to start with that. Well, so far as um, as writing Village Vengeance, it was I don't, I don't I can't say that it was a simple process, but it was um, basically remembering remembering uh, a lot of the situations that occurred. It was speaking with um, other people who also, you know, some part of the, of the story, you know, other people were very much aware of. So it was talking to some of those people who also experienced some of those things and putting um, all of the information together because I did want to make sure that my, my memory was not too, um, too tainted. And, of course, like I said, it is a, a work of fiction, so everything mm-hmm. that's in the book is not factual. Um, so I did that, and then I would just, um, you know, sit down and put that information together. One of the challenges I had um, with Village, well, well, more so with Village Vengeance, is that I was working full time and doing some other things, <clears throat> so I had to find time. And what mm-hmm. I decided would work for me is I would get up and um, write for an hour in the morning, and then I would write two hours before I went to bed. Um, and that and that worked for me. Now with Miss Sadie's song, that was a different kind of situation because all of that up to a particular 
point, it's total, total fiction because I have no, you know, no, no way of knowing um, what my aunt's life was like, you know, when she was a young girl and so forth. So with that, mm-hmm. it was a lot of imagination. And then I did do uh, research to make sure that I had information about that particular point in time. I mm-hmm. was able to to travel to um, Van Buren, Arkansas, which is where all of the first part of it, and that was the first part of the book takes place, and, and that was very helpful because Van Buren just happens to be a historical town. So it's pretty mm-hmm. much the way it was back in the 20s. So some friends of mine and I went, and we toured, and we went to the courthouse, and we found uh, records. I was even able to speak with an elderly gentleman who knew my aunt, and that was, um, you you know, he knew her when she was a young girl. So that Mm -hmm. was interesting. So um, I just pulled all that information together. And then sometimes when I would sit down to the computer, I would just close my eyes, and and just whatever came up is what what I wrote. Mm-hmm. Whatever I imagine, just mm-hmm. what I, what I put down on paper. Mm-hmm. Now this this yeah. is Tony. Um, about what is the significance of Arkansas? Why couldn't it not have been another small town, or was the this the importance of Arkansas linked to Aunt Sadie? Okay, I chose I chose Arkansas because that's where that's where she grew up. And I thought that okay. that would be a little more authentic than than choosing some other some other town. Mm-hmm. And as I said, and I think also I decided to go to that to that city or that town because it is one of the few that I'm aware of that um, is historical. So as I said, it's basically the same as it was uh, when when Sadie walked those streets, and that you know mm-hmm. in itself gave me. Um, it allowed my imagination to just really flow. Mhm. Mm. I love it. So yeah, now you that you it. have Village Vengeance and you have Miss Sadie's song, what what do you think is next is on your agenda as far as writing? Well, you know, I um I don't know. I don't know now. After after well. When I did Village Vengeance, like I said, everybody wanted to know about Miss Sadie, so I did that because that's what, what people were asking for. And then after the, uh, Miss Sadie's song, then people began to say that they wanted a sequel. But, you know, I don't I don't know what that might look like. Um, I don't know. I just really, I really don't know. I guess there are a few things that I could do to maybe another one of the characters that I could um, – uh, what I want to say that I could uh, use as a, as a star this next time. I I don't know. I just I just really don't mm-hmm. know. Do you want it to go further? So, well, when I did when I finished with Miss Sadie, I I pretty much felt that I was done with that story. But mm-hmm. you know, you listen to your readers and. Some of the readers are feeling as if you know they need more information, so I have to take mm-hmm. that in, in account. But I haven't made a decision. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those characters so have to let you know as well if they want their story exactly. to be told. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and Miss Sadie, there is um, now. You know, for, for people who want more about Miss Sadie, I, I think I'm pretty much done with that. I don't, I don't know where else I could take that. Um, but now there is another character in that book that I could expand upon um, who was a victim of domestic violence. I always like for, for my stories to not only be entertaining, but to have mm-hmm. some level of substance. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a character who um, was a victim of, of domestic violence. I could certainly expand on that. But I just haven't really made I haven't made any decisions so far as that's concerned. Mm, okay. okay. So what is the vision that you have um for your for your brand? Well, right now, um I'm very much aware that you know I have some readers for sure, but I'm very much aware 
that people cannot purchase what they don't know about. So I'm focusing mm. right now on um, promotion, and that's a um, that's a different journey journey for me. But um, that's where I am. That's where I am right now. It's focusing on on uh, trying to uh, develop some really uh, effective promotion techniques, uh, and then once that's done, I may think about what I might write next. Mm. That's that's key. What she what she just said, Leash. I love that people can't purchase what they don't know about, and and that's part of what um, Leash and I. That's one aspect of what we do here on Let's Chat to bring different artists and authors, and no matter what the the what it is, to the forefront so that they can be known, so that our listeners can hear the passion behind what it is that they do. And plenty of times we've had guests on our show, and people are one clicking because they've never heard of them. So that is so important, you know, to be to know that that's an option that has to be taken. Seriously, because you want your material out there. You want you yourself out there, and that's how you gain new readership. Exactly, exactly. And I and I can say this. Let me just interject. When when I was on your show show before, you know, I have you know no idea who's listening and where they are, so forth and so mm-hmm. on. But I think maybe um, a month or so after I had been on on your show I was having a book signing at my at my church and a guy mm-hmm. came through and he said oh I heard you on the radio and it was wow. like really <laughs> and see and at that it. time you were in Michigan and I'm in Oklahoma so it was like oh really and he you know he really did because he you know he stood there for a minute and he was saying well you talked about this and you said that and it's like well He's not making it up. He, you know, he really did hear it. So yeah, you're right. You never know. You never know mm-hmm. where or who is um, is going to be listening. That's right. Because our show is where is heard worldwide. We've had listeners all across the globe, and you never know who who you may run into that's listening to the show. Lisa and I, we don't even know who be listening to our show. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, we go to events. Absolutely. We go to events, and they'll be like, "Oh my God!" I'm like, "Oh, you said it to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That this, is just, this is just one more thing that um, puts me in a position where I need to watch what I say and what I do and where I am. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you want that's to right. you know, make sure you put <laughs> you put forth your best foot. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what, that is so true that you you do, when you are a brand, when you're branding, a brand has to be consistent, first of all. You have to be consistent, but you have to be able uh, to know that you've got to protect your brand at all costs. That means, like you said, being mindful of where you go, who you with, what you say, even right down to social media, what posts do you like? What what you know, exactly. you have to kind of mm-hmm. think about where did this where did this originate from? Because you don't want exactly. to attach yourself and your brand to something that is uh going to damage it. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to offend somebody that may be um a potential reader. Mhm. That's right. About That's you right. know something that you say that doesn't have anything to do with your book, you know, but but you know, folks are multifaceted and if you uh offend them or insult them in some in one area, they may not um, want to be a client or a customer of yours uh, simply for that reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, if you weren't writing, what would you be doing? Well, you know, um, I still, I'm retired. But I still do a couple of things. I, I'm an adjunct at one of the uh, community colleges, so I do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I do a little bit of training every once in a while. That's becoming less and less, but I do a little bit of training for uh, prospective foster parents and adoptive parents. And, of course, you know, you talked about the fact that I am a an avid reader. My pastor was... Uh, Kind enough to allow me to uh, re-begin, restart um, a book club that we have at our church. So I'm the 
the president of that. So we, mm-hmm. and our, with our book club, you know, some we usually, well, we sometimes have uh, guest authors. We've done a little bit of traveling, you know, where we've been able to meet authors. So I, you know, I, I kind of keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What so have, this is Tony, what have you learned about yourself? How have you grown since becoming an author? Well, let me see. One of the things that that I um, struggle with a little bit is that, you, and, and I'm sure that you understand that that writing is a very solitary um, activity, but mm-hmm. then promoting is somewhat extroverted. And I struggle with that because I do tend to be um, pretty introverted and um, trying to come out of that shell sometimes is um, mm-hmm. a little bit difficult for me. So that, that's, been, that's been an area of growth that I'm still mm-hmm. working on. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of an introvert myself, too. At least just tries to pull yeah. it out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know what T is talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, so I that's, don't think that's I one. Do no such a thing. I'm sorry? I know, I was saying, I don't think I do no such a thing. I don't know what she's talking oh. about. <laughs> okay. Okay, she's in denial. She's going to deny. Okay. <laughs> now, now, where does. Where does your passion lie? Like, what really ignites your soul? Where does my passion lie? Okay. Well, you know, um, I've got a grandbaby, and I don't think you get more passionate than that. Uh, he's he's two. Um, I don't know. Let me see. What can I say? Because, you know, there's several things. There are several things that, that I really enjoy. Um, I enjoy writing. I really enjoy that because, as I said before, uh, not I, I enjoy writing for my own sake because I do find it to be somewhat therapeutic for sure. Um, I enjoy teaching. That's one of the reasons that, I, that I'm still doing that. Uh, even though, as I said, I'm, I'm somewhat introverted, I enjoy, I get a, a great deal of pleasure from encouraging other people uh, to pursue whatever their goals and, and their dreams are. Um, I, I, like, I like that. So those are the things that I, that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you mentioned being the president of your book club at church. Are you involved mm-hmm. in any other book clubs? Well, I'm not I'm not a member of any other book club, but with our with our and see we call our it, ours is a ministry, it's a literary ministry. But um, I'm not a member of any other book club, but we associate with other book clubs uh, at mm-hmm. least twice a year. We have joint meetings with other uh, book clubs. Sometimes in the area, we have done some traveling uh, to to do joint meetings in other states. Um, we support other book clubs. Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if someone else is bringing in a, an author or whatever, we always try to to support those those functions. So I would say that I am associated with other book clubs, but not necessarily a member of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how do you keep your the the ministry, the book ministry? Um, Exciting and and entertaining and receptive to to new members. How what what keeps it sharp? What keeps it something that I want to gravitate to? Okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> we want um, all of the members, everybody who's involved in our literary ministry, to be avid readers. So that's the first thing that that you need to be a person who really enjoys reading. The the thing that that. Um, makes our organization a ministry is that we we try to do or we do um, a community project every year. The first year that we were together, we did we had men 
uh, go into an, um, a local elementary school and read to children. And that was a vision that I had because I know that there are some little kids that, that have never had a man read to them. So we wanted to do that. And then another time we did um, a project that was the, the idea of one of our members. And we had, had gone to an event and we met a lady by the name of uh, Sister Rosemary. And she has um, a program in Ghana, I believe. It's, I know it's in Africa. I think it's in Ghana, where they make um, purses and belts and, and so forth out of pop tabs. And they sell those, and with the money, they support orphans and women that have been homeless and so forth. So we we took on that as um, a project for one year. Uh, And, you know, people can usually get pretty excited about those kinds of things. And then, of course, we, you know, um, we enjoy the trips. when We do make Mm -hmm. the uh, short trips to go to um, book events and other places and, and then, of course, also the uh, the joint meetings, the joint meetings that gives us an opportunity to, to fellowship with other people, with other members of book clubs to see if they do things differently than we do. And then everybody always enjoys um, meeting authors. So we bring, you know, we have, uh, we've done that. So we, you know, there's, there's always a way. There's always a way to, to kind of um, keep people interested. It is. And you mentioned having... Um men um read to the kids it was, it was i was happy to hear you say that there were men in the club but just in general having books read to kids period sometimes well, they don't, now, a lot don't even experience that okay now men aren't in the club these were the men okay. these were men who were members of the church so we just recruited okay. them to go into the school they, they they're not active with the with the club but they were um interested in going in and reading for to the kids Oh, I see. So it's women only? Yeah, it's women only. It's okay. open to men, but but up to mm-hmm. this point it's been women only. We've had a couple of men who have talked about uh, joining us, but they never had. I had one guy that wanted to, to come, but he said that he only wanted to read one chapter at a time. He didn't want to read the whole book. So, <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't use you know. <laughs> Just one chapter. Just one chapter. Yeah, <laughs> just one chapter. Yeah. Now, I have a question. If we were sitting here a year from now and we were talking about the things that you have accomplished, what are some of the things we'll be talking about? Well, I hope by that time that we can really talk about the success of uh, Village Vengeance and Miss Sadie's song because I'm hoping to, I'm planning, I should say, to republish that within the next month or so. So I hope that uh, I will have been able to promote them to the point that they have, have become, just, become just really big sellers. And then I think the only other thing that I hope to have done within that period of time is I've um, – really done the groundwork but have not put together um, a supportive blog that I'd like to do for um, Alzheimer's caregivers. And I hope that I'll have that off the ground by then. Mm. Oh, so what made you want to write that blog? Just moving, moving in all kinds of directions. Why, why do I want to write that blog? Okay, but I, um, I'm interested in Excuse me? No, go ahead. Okay, okay. I'm interested in doing a blog for Alzheimer's caregivers because I cared for my mother for 16 years who had Alzheimer's. So I know what that journey is like. Plus, um, as a social worker, I was a medical social worker, and I worked with um, many families who um, were going through that journey, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy for them the patients, and it's not easy for the family. Also, um, for a couple of years, I did an Alzheimer's caregiver support group, and I saw, you know, how beneficial it was for the people who were able to um, attend that group. Yeah, like I said, just, you know, jumping from mystery to historical romance to Alzheimer's. <laughs> but, um, 
That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Well, nice. you know, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun because we like to be able to to kind of show all the different facets of our our guests, you know, all the different angles um, so that they can really have that, um, just that experience of that author to understand where their passion comes from and when people sit down to read their work. And so T is going to ask you a question. I'm excited because okay. I don't know what she's going to ask you, child. Okay, okay. okay. I'm just going to say you got on some pearls. Go on and clutch them now, honey. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Brown, for joining Alicia and I tonight. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule just to kick it with us here in the chat room and with us and our listeners. But I've been trying to gauge my question for the for the infamous Ms. Brown from what she has divulged with us tonight, Lace. And I've come to something that I want to involve Aunt Sadie with. Okay. I want create a little scene, and I want Aunt Sadie to invite all the hurt children and all the hurt soul children to dinner because so Thanksgiving is coming up. And I want you to have a special guest list that's going to show them that, you know, there are good people in the world, and there you have to go through certain things to in order to be greater in order to be stronger, but who would those special guests be at your Thanksgiving table imparting wisdom on those lost souls? Okay. Now, who uh, who would Aunt Sadie invite to Thanksgiving dinner uh, to show her children that right. there are good people in the world? Is that, is yeah, that she your has, question? Right. She's okay. invited children to Thanksgiving dinner, but the key is we want to know who the the, the guest would be that's going to be imparting wisdom to them. Ah, okay. Well, you know what? When I think of, of my Aunt Sadie, um, first of all, well, of course, she would be the one that would do all the cooking and so forth, but she would probably be key. You know, she would be the one that would would uh, embrace the children and make them feel at home, and she would tell them that the door was open and that um uh, they don't just eat on Thanksgiving. They eat every day, and any time they happen to, you know, they she would go into that kind of thing. And then, of course, when I remember uh, Miss Sadie, it was at a time when there was an awful lot of family involved, and of course, all of the family thought of Aunt Sadie's house as being uh, the place to go. So I think that she would be able to just have, she wouldn't have to have a special guest because she would have other family members there and they would show those children so much love that they would feel as if they were a part of the family too. And they'd know if they came back the next day, it may not be turkey and dresses, it may be hot dogs and potato salad, but it would be enough. It would be enough for for all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that would be be right up on Sadie's. Allie, she'd be ready for that one. <laughs> I got a question for you. I normally okay. don't do the questions. Normally, that's all T's territory. But okay. if you were a, a color in a crayon box, what oh, color well, would you okay. be and why? Okay, you know what? My, I would, I, mean, I know what? Burnt orange. I would be burnt orange. Oh. So that's okay. a unique color. Not, not, not just yeah. orange, but burnt orange. You're going to have to give us a little some detail with that. <laughs> okay. Okay, because, you know, when, when you ask me that, what I'm thinking of is, is what I really like, and then I, I'm thinking about, you know, how I see my personality. And I really like the color red, but that's vibrant and really, you know, kind of outgoing and out there, and that's not quite how I see myself. So I would see myself as a, a darker, more subtle color, but then that's not that's mm-hmm. not the kind of, I don't like those colors. So burnt orange, to me, is a good compromise because it, it's, it's bright, but not just extremely vibrant. You mm-hmm. see it for sure, but it's not mm-hmm. overwhelming. And that's that's I think that's the color I would choose. All right. 
Okay. I like yeah. the way you put that together. Me too. <laughs> so I'm over here like, what can I wear with bright orange? <laughs> what's going what's gonna to go with it? <laughs> oh, I like, but not burnt orange, not bright orange, burnt orange. Right, burnt yeah. orange. Mm-hmm. Burnt orange. Uh, burnt orange is a little more subtle. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us here in the chat room on today. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can catch up with you and every place they can catch a book. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, now, you know the book is on Amazon, and I am on Facebook. I can't give you the, you know, the formal thing, but if you just look for Ingrid Brown, you'll find mm-hmm. that. I have um, done the Twitter just here just here recently, and, again, like I said, I think if you just put um, go in and look for Ingrid Brown, you would find that. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are the I am right now. I haven't I haven't done the Instagram yet. It's, it's on my list of things to do. But I haven't gotten into Instagram yet. But Facebook, uh, Twitter, and the book can be found on Amazon, and it is um, in soft cover as well as um, e- it's an it's an ebook as well. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. in terms of doing uh, an audio version sometime soon. Oh, that should oh. be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That should be fun. I like that. Yep. Well, once you get the audio version coming, let us know so we can have you back on and we can talk that talk again. Okay. Okay, I sure will. Absolutely. Well, thank you so That's much again for joining us tonight. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Okay. All right. You have a great evening. Okay, you too. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. That was good, Leash. Absolutely. You know, I like I like to be able to find out like more than just like the surface of authors. The fact that, mm-hmm. you know, she has that passion for Alzheimer's and then just just a teacher, um, by spirit. Mhm. You could tell how by the way she speaks too and the way she, she puts everything together and the reasons behind it. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I love that. I love to be able to see, you know, all the different avenues of what makes that author that author, you know, what, what, what motivates them. Great interview. Absolutely. Now, that's our show for tonight. Unfortunately, Tanisha, uh, a.k.a. author T.J. Hope, had a family emergency, so she is going to have to reschedule. But okay. we will have her in the chat room soon. Well, we thank you for joining us this Friday evening. <laughs> and we will you see guys y'all are... next week. Now, next week, y'all, everybody's been asking for this particular episode. Uh, we are doing part two of our second chance. Um, and so we have... We got a full house, like literally, literally a full house on to, on on next Thursday. I want y'all to make sure y'all tune in. I don't even know how mm-hmm. we're gonna organize it all, but we got some brothers in here that's about to just talk that talk with us, and it's gonna be so <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're gonna have to freeway it. Rick Ross. Yeah, we're gonna have oh. freeway Rick Ross in. Um, and will we have one female uh, that's gonna be? chatting it up with us, Arthur Cash, Arthur Casper, uh, and Mr. Brown. Uh, they're all going to be in the chat room. They're going to be talking that talk about second chances. I think a lot of times, you know, people come home from jail or they come home from prison and they, they don't know um, how to not go back. You know what I'm saying? Because the whole system mm-hmm. is set up to ensure that you're a revolving door. Even when it comes down mm-hmm. to voting, you know, felons do have rights, 
but you can't be on paper. And the problem is that when they are on paper, they want to give them five years, ten years. Like you're never you're never going to be able to vote until you get off that paper. Or you know they just want to make it so you come back. And so these uh, individuals that we're going to have on next. Say they're like examples, examples that it's possible for you not to go back. It's possible for you to make it and not be able to um, obtain a regular job like the average person. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. possible for you to be able to create your own lane, but for you to be able to rebuild your life. You know, just to be able to pr- um, promote uh, encouragement um, and, and give information that. They may not have, you know, people are not offering out information like that. So what jewels can you drop on somebody coming home? So I'm excited because we got so many different levels um, of it. We get to see a female side. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have, you know, a male side. So I'm excited because everybody has done so many different things. They all have dope careers and, you Mm -hmm. know, but they all have segues, and that segue has I I consider it like an extending of their life. Mm-hmm. And also, Lisha, it depends on how long that individual is behind the wall. Because the longer you are behind the the wall, the more you become institutionalized. You know, your 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 mm-hmm. movements differ from someone that has only been in there a short stint. Mhm. And well, that's what I'm glad that we have Cash coming home because Cash has been home for about three weeks, um, and I want him. To, he's he's always very vocal on it. Um, he blogs about it constantly uh, on his page mm-hmm. about just his experience. But you know, there are so many people that's in his position. You know, you right. have Freeway Rick Ross. He's been home for about two two three years now, maybe a little mm-hmm. longer than that. It might be five years. Um, but mm. he ha- you know, he's able to um talk about that that in between process, you know, or or knowing how it feels to be able to move around, what people can experience, what you can expect. You know, everybody's situation and experience is gonna be different, but you wanna at least be able to know that somebody else mm-hmm. is going through it. So if they can get through it, you can get through it. You know, you gotta right. change some things, what type of things that they have change um, in order to be successful. Um, and so I'm excited. We couldn't get Seth uh, Ferranti because he has a big project going on. Uh, he will actually be on the show, I want to say, in March. Uh, okay. I think he said March. Um, so he'll be on the show in March because he wants to talk about, you know, the project he's got going on. So I couldn't uh, get him on the show because, you know, we like to always have him on when we talk about this because he's very vocal about prison reform and things of that nature. But we want y'all to make sure y'all mm-hmm. tune in next Thursday. It is really going down. I think I'm going to have to break them up three and three, like three three people between 7, 15, uh, and 8, and then the other three between 8 and 8.45 or something like that, just so we we're able to get uh, everybody in and we're able to talk that talk on, on all different levels. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. It's gonna be interesting. And oh, we got Damon. We have uh, Damon. He's gonna be in the in the room too. Uh, we got. Oh, it's gonna be a full house. Tea. It's gonna be full <laughs> house. Next Thursday is going to be bananas because he's gonna give us a whole. I love it. The the fact that you know he's so good with with motivating people when they come home. Uh, mm-hmm. Just motivating people in general, uh, and that's Damon Amin Meadows. If if you guys don't know, he's the author of Convicts Candy, and so uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm, it's going to be bananas next week. It's going to be bananas. Y'all <laughs> got to make sure y'all tune in. That's going to be really good. So make sure you guys tune in next Thursday, seven p.m. Eastern time. Get lined up because you want to be in there. Make sure you can get into the to the chat room because y'all know how blog talk is. <laughs> we have two full of a house. They're going to close right. down we shop. That's the type of show we have. Right. We only going to have room for about 60 people. 
out. We're going to need y'all to just shuffle in. You know, it's going to be your question time is going to be limited to to one minute because we want these brothers to be able to talk um, and, and not only just talk about uh, reform, but talk about the projects and things that they have going on as well. I mean, we have a lot of, we, we got a lot of street talent. That's mm-hmm. coming through here, and it's it's gonna be bananas because they are gonna really drop some juice. I'm gonna also add, y'all need a pencil and some paper. Oh yes, definitely. There's gonna be some jewels dropped that evening. Absolutely, absolutely, and and not just, and it's just not a show that's for somebody that's coming home. You might have family members on the way home. You might have family members that are currently incarcerated. You know. All that stuff is 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 going to be talked about on next week, so we're excited. Absolutely. So we will see you guys next Thursday. Get ready, get prepared, and get excited. It's as excited as Risha and I are. Absolutely, and we will see y'all on next week. Have a great weekend. <laughs>